Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Dynamic Nonprofits podcast and our latest DNP Quick Take. And today we are going to talk about two things which may seem like oxymorons, but probably have more in common than you may think, and that's millennials and direct mail. Now, when somebody asks me for my advice on how to be a an effective fundraiser, um, usually the first tip I will give them is to always let data be your guide, never to operate under gut assumptions or um, your own personal feelings or experiences, because those may not translate to the end user. Remember, we are not our donors. We're not the intended audience for our fundraising appeal. So it's always important to operate off of quantifiable data and make sure that we're not missing out on um, any potential opportunities to expand the reach of our organizations, to test into new methods, new channels, because of preconceived notions. And and I, I'm concerned, genuinely concerned, that as an industry, I think we may be doing that when it comes to how to reach um, younger donors, millennials, ultimately Generation Z donors. And um, now don't get me wrong. I would be the first one to tell you that utilizing technology is a key part, may even be the majority part of reaching the next generation of donors, people that may not be reachable within the traditional universe of fundraising channels. You know, if you've listened to this podcast um, more than a few times, you know, I do not come to the microphone with an agenda. I certainly have my opinions on which channels I prefer and which I think are the most effective, but my philosophy is to go to the donors where they are, where they want to be reached, and communicate with them how they want to be communicated with to make the donation process as easy as possible. Ultimately, I think that's how we expand generosity and maximize the potential of our organizations. But what concerns me is the the discussion about millennials, it seems to exclusively focus on technology. Now, clearly, when you're talking about digital natives, you're talking about people that organically are going to be spending a lot of time on their phones, on the internet, on social media. It makes sense to want to reach them in those places. But I don't hear enough discussion about direct mail. And I'm concerned that that's being written off as more of an assumption. You know, I'll never forget that I was at a show a couple of years ago and there was a representative there. Um, she really you know, put on a great session. I, I learned a lot, um, but she was from Google and uh, she was talking about um, uh, Google search, how organizations could utilize uh, Google search and, and Google grants. And um, she walked up on a stage and she dumped a bag of direct mail on the floor and used that as an example of poorly targeted marketing. And I kind of have empathy for her. Again, I used to get really defensive over this kind of stuff. And if you've been to Data Strategy Forum over the years, you may have heard me uh, tell this story. Um, But more recently in my career, I've become empathetic because I realize that there's a lot of younger people um, who simply just do not have exposure to direct mail. They don't understand the power of it, why it works. It's not a generational thing. And um, you could certainly understand coming from a digital world why you might feel that way. But to me, that's an assumption. It's not based on data because I see the power of direct mail every day. And I do believe that there are some breadcrumbs from the commercial world that we can pick up as a nonprofit sector that can point us in the right direction of how direct mail can be utilized to um, to reach younger donors in a way that they're going to respond. And this is actually one of my favorite pastimes with fundraising is reading broader marketing articles, listening to marketing podcasts. And um, trying to separate out things that are 
kind of just anecdotes um, versus things that might be indicative of broader trends that we might be able to bring over to the fundraising world and get it um, and take advantage of, um, you know, you know, the old um, uh, the old reputation about the nonprofit sector is that we're always 10 years behind the for-profit sector. And in some ways that's true. In some ways it's not. Believe me, I believe there's a lot that the uh, for-profit world can take from what we do well. And I've certainly spoken a lot about that over the years. But um, I think part of it is just a failure of imagination and looking at what big companies are doing and um, dissecting that and, and thinking about ways that we could utilize that in the nonprofit sector. And this is a trend that I picked up on a couple of years ago when my wife and I bought our house. Um, and I'm 37, so depending on your generation of millennial, I'm either uh, an older millennial or a very young Gen Xer. But either way, um, when we first bought our home, um, I started to get mail from the direct-to-consumer companies that very overtly target millennials on podcasts and things like that. I'm talking about Blue Apron, Harry's, Dollar Shave Club, things like that. And uh, what I did notice was that um, the direct mail pieces were not asking me to reply to the mail through the mail. Um, they were trying to drive me online. But clearly, I realized that companies that are spending this much money on marketing, um, they have, have tested this out. They understand this is a valuable touch point in acquiring new customers. And that actually inspired me to write an article three years ago for the DMFA, uh, the Direct Marketing Fundraising Association. Uh, they're based uh, up here in, in New Jersey and New York. And um, it was about how uh, this concept of using mail to push um, donors online to make a donation, how that could be a gateway to reaching millennials. This has been a, a trend, um, a theme that I've been on for, for quite some time. And I've picked out a couple articles today that I think draw a really good picture about how the um, commercial world is viewing um, the adaptation um, of print by millennials. And um, I'm going to interject with uh, some takeaways about how uh, we can translate that to the nonprofit world. But the first article, which I'm going to go through, is um, actually from 2018, which I think is actually useful because you can see how this information has held up over time uh, over the last couple of years. It was a, uh, a blog post written by uh, Stephen uh, Pul Pulci Pulcinella, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, but he's the chief digital officer at Prospects Plus. And Stephen writes, everybody knows that millennials the generation currently between the ages of 20 and 36 are glued to their smartphones and couldn't care less about your direct response marketing efforts, right? Maybe not. Such broad general generalizations should be met with skepticism. Don't listen. Do your own research. There are a lot of studies that display something different from the stereotype above. I'm not going to say that all millennials prefer mail over digital because that would just be another broad generalization. Um, I do want to interject that how he's talking about broad generalizations when we talk about how millennials want to be communicated with and how to approach millennials. We have to be really careful about those broad generalizations on our side as well. It's really about personalizing the experience for the donor, not about uh, sweeping generalizations about what their age group or demographic might, might, um, uh, might prefer. And I think that's a healthy mindset to maintain. He, he writes, but we do know that a significant majority of them, 77% to be exact, pay attention to direct mail advertising. 
And the biggest surprise may be that millennials' affinity for mail in general surpasses that of other generations. They are more likely to scan their mail and more likely to take the to take time to read it and show it to others. Now, I think that is fascinating because that certainly um, does not fit the stereotype of millennials. So how could that be? And why is that that millennials may actually be more responsive to mail than others, uh, than other generation? Um, you've heard me talk a lot about looking for um, underutilized um, assets in fundraising and in marketing and looking for areas of low competition environments. And I think that's what we're dealing with here. Is that you're talking about millennials that um, are not direct mail buyers necessarily, so they're not getting a lot of mail from organizations or catalogs or things like that. They're not appearing on a lot of lists that would uh, trigger them to get a lot of mail in general. They may not be being targeted because if companies are doing demographic targeting, um, they may be ta- uh, targeting older, uh, more affluent um more more affluent buyers or, or people with a history of making uh, direct mail sold purchases. So if you're not on these lists, um, and if you're a direct mail fundraiser, you know this. If you're not on those lists, if you're not giving to other organizations, my organization's probably not probably not going to reach you. So I think that is part of it is that um there's more of a novelty to direct mail to millennials because there's simply less competition going after them. Now, obviously, there could be a trade-off if um, if different sectors of marketing pick up on this and start going all in on print. You could see things pull back the other way as well. But right now, they're a very lightly mailed segment, which is why um, you're getting statistics like that, that they're actually more responsive to direct mail. They're taking more time to read it. They're actually showing it to others. Um, versus how um, how older demographics view direct mail, where there may be more competition in their bills too. Um, you know, th- let's not downplay that. That depending on whether you're 35 and you do pay all your bills online, or you're 65 and you still get um, paper bills, even though you know a lot of people have gone digital as well uh, too, that are in older demographics. But there's also that experience of going to the mailbox and that expectation of receiving something valuable or something you don't really want to see. So if you don't have a lot of bills in your mailbox, there's less competition. But that means that more that what's in your mailbox are things that are bringing value to you, not asking you to give value to them. So we shouldn't downplay that as well. Very different experience for a millennial going to the mailbox than it is somebody who may still be getting a lot of things that they'd rather not see in there. Now, you now are you wondering what this means for your digital marketing efforts? Well, I'm not saying that you should stop spending your time and money on them, but I suspect that even millennials get tired of staring at the little screen after a while. After a while, like most anyone, they may want to look up and take in the real world, real stuff that you can hold in your hand. That is um, that is such a great point that even people who are digital natives who are immersed in digital technology, um, we still kind of have this intuitively in our DNA that there is a value to real tangible things that you could hold and um, I don't want to say that it's a, a nostalgia for um, for a, a, a an analog experience, 
because a lot of millennials may not have really had a lot of analog experiences, so it, it wouldn't really be nostalgia. But I think it is more that novelty that we're so immersed um, in the internet and social media, and there's so much noise out there that when you get something real that you could hold in your hand, you just view it differently, you internalize it a little bit differently, maybe you give it a little bit more credibility. And um, what this article is making case is that even uh, digital natives feel that way about tangible print being delivered to their mailboxes. Test and track everything. It is essential that marketers track everything when starting a new campaign or implementing a new strategy. From images and ad copy to targeting and time slotting, direct marketers need to ensure that the, the desired action of the consumer can be broken down and tracked based on lots of different factors. By taking the A-B test split approach and making tweaks to the campaign, marketers can now make the most out of their marketing budgets and see higher returns on investment. Um, I always laugh when I read articles like these from the marketing world, and I'm not trying to make fun. It's just an observation when they talk about things like A-B testing that is so intuitive in the fundraising world. Um, it still is something that is... Um, is revolutionary sometimes in the marketing world, the idea of testing two different approaches and seeing which one wins. I mean, they have A-B testing um, symptoms. So um, sometimes we should give ourselves more credit as fundraisers for uh, some of the, the tactics that we use um, that are considered cutting edge compared to other forms of marketing. But I do think the testing aspect is critically important if we're talking about testing how to go after younger donors because... Um, there's there's so many different ways to approach this. As I mentioned, um, a lot of the mail pieces that I see from direct-to-consumer companies, they are um, very colorful. They uh, have a lot of images in them as opposed to text. They try to tell a story very quickly and then push you online. So you can try... Um, um, you know, more of a, an expensive trifold approach versus your traditional letter. Um, you could try your traditional letter um, with just a call to action to make donations online. You could try adding in QR codes. Um, whatever we do, we don't want to just mail them once, try testing these new groups, and then write it off. Um, it's probably going to be a work in progress. Testing is inherently risky, inherently expensive, but the payoff is over the long term. So we really, really need to buckle down, double down on that um, optimization mindset and A-B testing as many variables as possible to see what resonates with younger donors, um, what calls to action resonate, and most importantly, how they want to respond. Um, I, I suspect very, very gut level feel here. Um, and, and obviously this needs to be tested off because we don't want to operate off of gut, gut assumptions, but I suspect that the approaches and the letters that we've been using, um, will be effective with younger donors. Um, if we just make minor tweaks, again, might be a call to action to donate on the internet or, um, or, or or making it more turnkey with, with a QR code or, or something like that. But um, I don't think that we're going to need to go in the glossy, colorful, uh, trifold, image-heavy direction. Um, because in some ways, I think that takes away from why direct mail works, because it is immersive. You have the ability to tell stories through print. And um, for all the reasons that we were talking about, I think that's still a unique experience for younger donors. 
and they will it will resonate with them. Uh, we may have to tweak between the margins, but I don't I don't think we're going to have to totally reinvent the wheel to reach this do- this younger donor uh, group. And I think sometimes we assume that's the case, which is why uh, we're reluctant to even kind of pursue this because we think it may be more work and there may be more involved than there really is. But uh, that may not be the case. Again, don't assume. You don't know until you test. Multiply your touch points. You may have heard of the 3727 rule of prospecting. Now, I had never heard of this, so that's why I like reading um, articles from the broader marketing world because you get a different perspective. It is a direct marketing approach that suggests you can get your message in front of a prospect Three, that if you can get your message in front of a prospect three times, that person will be able to recall who you are. After seven times, they will remember you or your brand. After 27 times, that person will develop trust in you and your brand. That same strategy holds true when trying to reach millennials. Marketers need to not give up after a campaign that doesn't initially get the intended results. Depending on your product or service, make sure to hit these people at least three times before making any major major tweaks or allocating budgets towards different channels. And this is where we kind of have to separate out fundraising because if you mail somebody a fundraising letter and it completely bombs, you're not going to mail it three times. Um, but what is applicable, applicable here is the multiple touch points. And that's a theme that we talk a lot about on the podcast is the ability now to co-target direct mail with social media or even programmatic display, which might be an opportunity that isn't being fully utilized. Uh, Certainly email if you have email addresses. Um, and, And perhaps those multiple touch points will be even more important with millennials um, based on the way that they consume information and their skepticism about marketing and advertising and brands that they may need those multiple touch points. So again, this is just a reminder that we really need to lean into testing uh, multiple touch points, not just for house file mailings, but for prospects as well. And there's more opportunities than ever available to do that between social media and email and display and texting, just to name a few. Um, I think certainly there's a, a lot of um, unused potential out there to um, to get your brand, your organization, implant it in the mind of the prospect or the donor before they get the mail piece, maybe start to educate them a little bit. Then they recognize you when you get in the mailbox, and you can also do follow-up messaging as well after the fact because uh, direct mail lingers. You know, Even if it sits on your kitchen table for a couple of days, eventually you're going to come back, you're going to look at that pile. And then the writer really brings it home why this is so critically important. According to Pew Research Center's analysis of U.S. Census Bureau data, more than one in three American labor force participants, 35%, are millennials, making them the largest generation in the U.S. labor force, with millennials quickly becoming one of the largest consumer markets. This is a statistic that should not be overlooked. A strategy that focuses on targeting millennials should absolutely be woven into long ter- into a long-term corporate vision. And perhaps direct mail will be the golden egg that increases ROI and captures this new age of consumers. And that's really um, the most important point of all from this is that um, this is not a generation that's on the horizon. This is the largest demographic group in the United States. 
And again, a lot of them are um, starting families, buying homes, mo moving up in their careers. So uh, this is no longer kind of an abstract look to the future concept. And I think we're making a, a critical error if we're not aggressively trying to figure out what resonates with them and what the best way to market with them is so that we can have a good handle on it as they get older, as they develop more buying power and become um, a bigger piece of, um, of, of fundraising revenue. And uh, just a couple other things that I wanted to highlight, a couple other data points, if I haven't convinced you yet on the potential yet, um, I came across another article is a blog um, that was written by the U.S. Data Corporation, and they mentioned a couple statistics here, which really are just mind blowing and again, blow some of these preconceived notions about millennials and direct mail out of the water. The company Infotrends conducted a survey finding that while only 26% of millennials prefer email marketing, 38% prefer direct mail pieces. So again, this is another breadcrumb that not only are millennials responsive to direct mail, they may be craving this um, tangible offline marketing experience that um, many nonprofits are not currently delivering. In addition, millennials are more likely than other generations to read their mail, in great part due to the fact that they actually enjoy receiving mail. In fact, this study found that 25% of millennials consider reading direct mail a leisure activity. Imagine that. The USPS found that 47% of millennials look forward to checking their mailbox each day, which Harris, Harris Diamond, CEO of the global advertising network McCann, affectionately refers to as the mail moment. It's important that companies attempting to target millennials effectively tap into this moment. Not only do millennials like to read their mail, but they also pay closer attention to it than other age demographics. In 2016, the USPS found that 40% of millennials read direct mail thoroughly, compared to only 18% of non-millennials. They also discovered that millennials spend more time Reading mail compared to other generations, an average of 9.7 minutes each day compared to 7.9 minutes for Generation X and 8 minutes for Baby Boomers. These reports illustrate that millennials are extremely likely to engage with direct mail marketing material. So there you have it. Um, th this there, there is so much anecdotal evidence out there, but... After a while, anecdotal evidence quickly piles up and starts to make a really compelling case that not only are millennials responsive to direct mail, that they may actually prefer it, they may be craving that offline experience, not to say that we should cut back or not pursue them online, but that this is another option to capture them when they're unplugged digitally. And if we create an objective to reach this generation, I don't think there's any reason that we can't utilize the power of A-B testing and optimization to help unleash a new generation of donors through the power of print.